Welcome to Misfits and Rejects, a podcast about the lifestyle design of expatriates, travelers, entrepreneurs, and adventurers. I'm your host, Chapin Cruder. Enjoy. I didn't fit in America. With cocaine, there's just always too many guns and too many bad attitudes. I quit the limiting stories. Really try to overcome that fear. And right there, for any of your listeners, a lot of what I was to do in the rest of my life was formulated by the fact I just went and did it. Welcome to another episode of Misfits and Rejects. Today I'm joined by the lovely Marathi Ribeiron. Did I say it correctly almost? Good. Thank you very good, much. Very good. I was walking down the beach the other day and she, for many days now, has been sitting under the rock at the north end of Amarillo, writing in her what seemed to be a journal. And I, the other day, had to stop and ask what she was doing and we stuck, we had a very nice conversation. And I invited her on, and she was kind enough to come on the podcast. So with that said, welcome to the show. I'm very happy to be here with you. It's your first podcast, yes? Yes, I did not know. I only knew the word podcast, that's all. That's it. But you don't have a a phone with many podcasts that you listen to every day. I don't have a phone anyway. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's kind of why I brought brought you on, because within our conversation on the beach the other day, you express a lot of uh, beautiful ideas about life. You know, you're 74 years old. You still travel. You still have a lot of life in you. You talked about knowing when you're going to die. <laughs> you had a vision of this. And I thought that... Did you? Did we not talk about this? Or is that somebody else? Yes, I, talk about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that, yeah, we had a conversation about something of the sorts. And I know you spent a lot of time with Gaia out on Ometepe. Gaia has been on the, the show in the past. And uh, I was just hoping you could come on and, and share with the audience a little bit about your life. Maybe we can start with, you know, where you grew up, where you were born. Oh, I was born in France during the war. And uh, when I told you about I was born during the war, it just came later in my life than from childhood to maybe 20 I was doing a nightmare every night about the Germans who were coming to kill me. And I was waking up, you know, before. Then, you know, when I was in my mother's womb, when I was drinking my mother's milk, I was in war. And I think I received, because she had my brother who was like six years old. Me who was a baby. And now that I became a mother 33 years ago, I can understand watching what has been feeling to be in a war place with babies and children because when you are a mother, you just want to protect. You want that your child, you know, you see all the animals, you know, and I think I received this kind of uh, anguish because for many years in my life I was feeling a lot of anguish. I did not know why, you know. But now after all the work I have been doing on myself, you know, all the breath work and everything, I don't uh, get carried this anymore. I'm the opposite, I think so, because, um, you know, I, 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 I was born in a family in France the last century where the pedagogy, the 
for children, to raise children, not to spoil children. Then you have to let babies crying, crying hours and hours. And you have to be children to raise them, to make good children. And to be children for their own good. Be children for their own good. So you came from a generation that was really about letting them cry, beating them into submission. For their own good. For their own good. And there is a German psychanalyst, Alice Miller, who wrote a book about it that is, it's for your own good. And she explained that it's, it's made, you know, you are waiting love from your parents. No. My, my father, I was lucky because my father was in love with me. I was his first daughter. I think it saved me because I'm a Scorpio. I'm very, you know, it's a sign very, you know, aggressive and nuts. What, what day is your birthday? Uh, November 16. Okay, I'm October 27th, so I'm a, I'm a Scorpio as well. Oh, my God. I don't know what happened this year in Nicaragua, but I have Scorpio around me. <laughs> and uh, Scorpio just... And, you know, then when I was four years old, I remember, I told to myself, I will not stop doing what I feel to do because I'm afraid you will beat me. It was very clear in my for me. Then my father, well, the, the, the war was over. And, uh, and also during the war, my father was in the resistance in France. Then he could have been killed by the German any time. You know, he was very courageous. And anyway, when I, then he had a kind of machine to make charcoal because the trucks in this time were, it was not fuel, it was charcoal who was running the motor. Okay. Then I was approaching the, the machine. My mother told me, don't touch this, it will hurt you. I look her in the face, I put my finger inside, and I turn, and I still have the, okay? <laughs> Cut your then finger I up. think now, to have a mother like this, and to decide at four years old, I will not stop to do something I feel to do because I'm afraid, that has been my motto all my life, you know? Then, so your motto has been, you will never, ever not do something that you feel is right. You yes. will never let somebody who may have authority over you tell you not to do something. If and you I will not right. do something. I will not stop doing something I feel to do because I'm afraid. Right. Then at 18 years old, I just made the same wish and I will not stop. Then I did this so many. I have been camping alone in the woods, hitchhiking alone everywhere. And after a while, to do things against your fear, you stop to be fearless, to be fear, fearful. That that makes my makes my son so worry when I come to Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. He's very worried because he knows I'm not fearful. Then I can, you know, I sleep on Amarillo Beach in my sleeping bag. Everyone's it's so dangerous. Everyone told me not to go in the daytime because it's dangerous. My God, because there is nobody there. Dangerous. And then you know then. In my life, very often, I was in like a cross road. Mm-hmm. You had crossroads come many times in your life? Yes. And, you know, one was over, but the other one was new. You don't know what will happen, but I jump. You know, I always jump. I jump in the... You leap for the unknown. You choose yes, the, the I jump, road that... I jump, and... Uh, 
And you know, I had a dream many in my after many years like this in my thirties, I had a dream. I was at the top of high, high building. I had jumped in the in nowhere, you know, in them. Then I was an adult. And the little girl that I was till this when I was a little girl came in my arms and we did that together. I had an orgasm. <laughs> Just to embrace with the little girl that I was. I, I understand years later that I think this little girl who decided at four years old, you know, to choice her bliss mm-hmm. against all fear, she makes me what I am, you know. Beautifully said. <laughs> I love that. I had a lot of dreams, you know, in my life. Very, you know. Uh, what you're I, talking about real dreams, dreams that you were very when influenced I sleep, when by I sleep, when you sleep. But yeah. anyway, when you sleep, you just go in another dimension of yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had another dream when I was in my sixties. Did I dream about the wolf? Yes. Yes, you told me about yes. the wolf. The same, you know. Before we talk about the wolf and, and some dreams, maybe just the audience would maybe like to know what was your career throughout your whole life? What did you do? You know, I had one talent in life because I, I'm a Scorpio, but uh, when I was 24, I had an astrologist who made my... An astrologist, my, yeah. Huh? That I understand why in the family I was born, they are very practical people, very earthy people. And me, I was the... The bird, you know, the, the butterfly, the, oh, it's beautiful, the flower, I just want to, you know, and, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and, and, uh, in my, how do you say the, your, it's not a map, how do you call it in English, the, the astro- astrological reading or map, yes, or, yeah? you know, I, all my planet, I are in air and water. Air and water. I, I have no planet in any earth sign, in any fire sign, just air and water then. <laughs> I'm very etheric, you know. Then I was not good with my hands, not practical. And my, I have a big talent that I receive. It's writing. I'm a very good writer. Then I wanted to write. Then, uh, <clears throat> When I was, I went to a university very long because it, I wasn't able to choose. Because when I was in one department, I was just saying that I, I had said no to all the others. Then year after, I was going to another one. Okay. <laughs> oh no, because I'm saying no to this one. I, I wanted to have everything, you know. <laughs> How many years were you at university? Oh, maybe like five years. Okay. After a bachelor. Studying bachelor. literature and writing? No, I study philosophy, I study art, I study a lot of things like this. Six months in law, then I, oh my God, no. <laughs> then, uh, then I have been in communication. Um, yeah, something like this. Oh, a little bit in anthropology also, because I wanted, I wanted to learn everything. I was very curious. I wanted to, you know, learn and learn and learn about everything. Then when I was 24, my father said, okay, baby, now I stop to pay for you. Go by yourself, you know. <laughs> then my only talent was writing. Then I went to a magazine and I said, okay, 
I propose some idea and I begin like this, writing some. Then I, I work freelance. For that, I was able to write of the things that interest me, then to make research about this thing, reading about it and reading about it, and you know, then continuing to learn, you know, about um, everything to understand. To... Yes. Then after some years in magazines, I went to TV, to, to the television, saying, uh, producer, okay, then begin on television. And also, in, after some years, I, I went to see a producer to do a movie. I, I wrote a scenario and I, uh, it was on children and I did something like this. And, uh, yes, I did it for many years. And uh, then in my 30s, I had a very glamour life, you know. Glamorous life? Glamour life. Uh, uh, I was on television, and the people uh, in the magazine, okay. They knew who you were. Yes. And, uh, and you know, also at the same time, when I made some money with television, I was stopping, taking my, my bag and going traveling, hitchhiking, coming back when I had no money left, you know. And uh, what when I was traveling... It was not for me. I'm a beach bum. I love the ocean and I love trails and mountains. Then it was always to do something like this, you know. I'm not for that feeling to do traveling to see cities or just beaches and <laughs> mountains, you know. And uh, when I was, when I found a beach, when I was happy, you know, I was coming year after year, you know. And, um, but I was, you know, I was never on the career mind, you know, for me. It was just doing what I feel to do. Uh, in the 70s, I've been doing a lot of papers and things and uh, television about ecology in the, the, the 70s. I was one of the first writing about this. And uh, on the sun uh, eating system and all this, you know. Then... I was going to Europe, United States, meeting people around this, and, uh, and uh, for me it was very important. And uh, then uh, I, I was earning a lot of prize, and I was going out with ministers and everything, coming to take me out with the limousine, you know, all the... Yeah. Then at the end of my 30s, I told to myself, I've realized my dreams, writing, traveling, and so what? Then I stop everything. Then I begin some kind of technical of meditation. But you know the meditation like this? Mm -hmm. I was just feeling sleepy and vegetative, you know? It was, sitting still was not the type of meditation that Ah, uh, not at all. And I was feeling like dying in my life, not... <laughs> more alive and with fire. Then I had a friend. Then at this time, I have just let go of my apartment. I, I, what I, I, I have to do something. Then I let go. I stop. I, I just. I burned my ships. You know. I, yeah. I was so like, this is in your thirties. You basically gave up everything. I was at the end of my thirties. Okay. Was like thirty-eight, something like this. Then I, I need a place to stay, but a special place. And, and just a friend, I saw an advertising on the newspaper. 
Then it was a place of meditation in the in a, in a mountain in the south of Montreal. Like just one mountain in the middle of nowhere in Montreal. That is the Mont Saint Hilaire. Because that's right. Just so the audience knows, so you kind of grew up more in Montreal area, like in in Quebec. Is that correct? But you know, I grew up in the country. Right, but you're but born in France. You you spent some time my there. And then... My parents moved to Canada when I was eight years old. Okay. Always in the country, but I've been to boarding school from. Uh, 12 years old because... Back in France? No, always in Canada. Okay. And uh, because in the village I was no study. And I was very, very, very bright at school. Okay. Then, <laughs> very, very bright. And um, the, the teacher told my parents, she needs to go, to go. Because I was in a family when studies was, girl was not... You know, we're not supposed to study. We're going to get married and everything. Okay. But they told they, they, they take my parents. They had a meeting. You have to, to pay for her just because she's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because I have one hundred percent in everything. And after one year of class, they was putting me not the class after, but one over. You You're know? skipping grades. Yes, and anyway, and. Uh, no, it's a gift, but it's also the opposite side because you live only here. A curse, you know, and. Uh, Anyway, then uh, you discovered meditation, and you were saying you went yes, up into. Then I, he told me the advertisement. It was a place that was to rent. Oh my God! It was in the. It was a the mountain. In this mountain, we have a view on on all the south, the the mountain of the United States. You know. Then it was a woman very rich who lived in a kind of castle. And she has this thing who was a whole mill, floor mill, because in the mountain there is a, a cascade. A, how do you say when there is a water waterfall? Waterfall. Yeah. And uh, she just made renovation of the whole mill. Okay. Then there is the, the how do you say, the mill, the, the, Ceiling, the floor was four part like this. Mm -hmm. Then she put glass everywhere. And there was a mezzanine when you can sleep with, with the stars. And she added a white room, all white, with all door window open on the south and the mountains very far, you know. And all the... F then I went to this place. This was like a meditation retreat? She has, she, she has, it has been a meditation retreat for many years, but she needed money, then she decided to rent it. I see. And she made an advertisement. But it was not that she needed money, because she was, I did not know at the time, she was a no-show sannyasin. And meditation, she received, she has to rent the place and put the advertisement in this newspaper. So she was, wait, so she, through her meditation, got like a message that yes. said that I she I was had... guided to be there. I see. Okay. okay. She told me many months after. Anyway, I went to this place. I met this woman who was gorgeous. She was like a fairy tale. She was a tall, blonde, wearing white silk, you know, in her, in her castle. Wow. You know. Then... I went to the place she wanted to rent. I told her, okay, I want to stay here in the afternoon just to feel. Then I said, around the afternoon, I felt I have to be there. I don't know why, but I have to be there. 
Then I moved there one month after. It was in December, I remember. I was living there in silence. And after two weeks, I was becoming crazy. I was jogging to the top of the mountain every day like this, and because I was becoming crazy. Let's let me just clarify for the audience what you were doing because we talked about this the other day. So you were going to take a vow of silence for a year. Yes, is that correct? Yes. And so you were two weeks into your vow of silence. I was crazy, and you were going crazy. <laughs> yes. Then. And this is the Osho. Osh, this is like an Osho sort of practice of meditation. Then I was going crazy. It's not a practice. I was just there doing nothing. Okay. And in silence, ah, and I was on the, there was big walls like this in stone. I was on the wall with my hand. What I'm doing? Screaming, what I'm doing here? But I know I don't know what I'm doing here. Then she came to see me. She was living in silence. She came to see me. She gave me the dynamic meditation of Osho. The me. dynamic meditation of Osho. Osho. Do this. Then the dynamic meditation of Osho, you begin 10 minutes of, <laughs> Then after, you have a lot of feeling going out. Then you can scream and everything. Then after, you do 10 minutes of hoo, hoo, you know, jumping. Yeah. Jump. Oh, shit. You're fine. Sorry. No, you're fine. Continue on. With your arms high yeah. and crying hoo, hoo, okay? Then after three weeks of this, I was sitting in the big white room that was no furniture, nothing. And suddenly, my mind stopped. For the first time in my life, because I was all the time in this, like a radio inside, and my God, it was bliss. Bliss and out of time. I don't know how long it was. It was like infinity, you know. So for three weeks, you did this dynamic... And type of works, meditation, and one day everything just stopped in your mind. Yes. And you became present, completely present, and, and so bliss, connected to everything. And blissful, and my God, one with everything. Else. <gasps> that I went to see Vidan. I said, give me more in meditation, I want more, you know. Are you saying this, or are you just, because uh, you're not supposed to speak, right? But I went to ask her, that <laughs> she was also living in silence, but okay. she gave me... Three more. Okay. Then I was doing dynamics in the morning. I was doing the Kundalini at noon, that is shaking for yeah. 20, uh, 24 minutes, you know. Okay. And after dancing, I was doing Nataraj at 5 o'clock, that is dancing for almost one hour. This is all by yourself? Yes. But after each of these very active meditation, there is always a kind of stop and silence, you know. Okay. And... Uh, the last one was Nada Brahma, that was a soft one that was in before sleeping, that was just Tibetan bells that you just felt, mm, with vibration in yourself, and 10 minutes of kind of music with a, that you say just this slowly, and just feel the energy in your hand, you know, just going. Then, <clears throat> after some months, I was just living in a kind of, <laughs> a kind of, what do you say? Blissful, ecstatic state all the time, with no mind at all. <laughs> and, and I have been this time to back to a lot of previous life. Went back to previous lives when yes, you were in this state? Yes, yes. One life, because 
till this time, I was always hurting here. In the back of your neck, you had pain. Yes. Then I had one life. Where I was, I don't know. Some place like Maya, some kind, something like this, or Inca, mm -hmm. where I've been sacrificed with a knife here. Oh, wow. Yes. And I just live when it happens. Mm -hmm. I was, oh, it's, going, it's going to happen. So oh, my fault, so anguish and afraid. And when the knife arrived here, mm -hmm. it hurts so much, so much. Then it hurt, it hurt, and after a while it was dark and I was dead, you know. And after this, the hurt is gone. Hmm. I never hurt anymore here. So you went through that energy, that past life yes, energy yes, of being yes. sacrificed as maybe a Mayan yes, sacrifice. Yes, yes, yes. And there was a lot of life, previous life that I've been in, you know, that I've been, I have very happy life and uh, a lot of life. Yeah. And now it's just you two. It's this other woman and you on this property. Practicing. But the woman was living in your castle Correct. and me in the But in the place. you're completely silent on your own. Yes. And you did this for one and a half years. Yes. Silent. Yes. <laughs> the difficulty, as I told you yesterday, was to come back in the world because I wanted to stay all the time like this. It was so blissful. And I was dancing a lot, you know. And I was, sometimes I was dancing and I was just in the cosmos, you know, one with the cosmos and so with the stars. And oh my God, it was so that I wanted to stay like this all the time. You know? So why didn't you? But I had to come back. I have to earn money. I have to come back in life. Anyway, that when I was there, I began to see a lot of book of Osho doing, because Osho was uh, doing in his ashram a lot of, uh, how do you say, speaking. And it was all put in, in books. Then, you know, you have to come back in the world. Were you writing any of this when you were in this state? Did I did you not write? write a word. You didn't write for one and a half years? Yes, I did not write a word. Anyway, when I, I came back in the world, to begin to write again, it took me one year. And to find back my talent in writing, it took me another year, you know, because it was all... But it was there, but it was like... What was it like now communicating, or not communicating, but being in social situations? What did it feel like to have a conversation with somebody? You know, I'm not a very social person because uh, I was freelance, living alone. Uh, every summer I was going camping in the forest because I was like alone for two months, you know. Then I'm more wine than social, you know. And I was socializing for my work. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I was, as I was reading, I, I, I was choosing my editor for magazine and everything. But I was going to party sometime of magazine and television because I, when you are freelance, you have to make, make connections. And yes. That, yeah. And I was playing the game, but it was like playing the game. I'm playing, playing the game and, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I cannot do blah, 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 you know, and it sounds blah, 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 blah. I, then I was playing the game. Then it was over. Okay. It's over. I, and next six months, I will wait another six months for another one. And it's <laughs> enough for me, you know, then, uh, I'm not a social person. You know, I like to travel alone. Uh, I'm not very, 
I think I'm not a social. Uh, and uh, where, where did some of your travels take you? I mean, did you go to India and Africa? And no, I was not interested to go to. I'm, I was told you I was not more interested by beaches and mountains than uh, you know, beautiful earth place, mm -hmm. but not um, no. So you would travel then to Mexico or? I I've been to California. I fall in love with California. Okay. I'll be happy to learn this because I had a contract with the United Nations. United Nations, yeah. When I was in my thirties, and. Uh, they were doing an international conference in Vancouver. And one editor told my name to the responsible. They had the contract to be there as a formation agent. Then we were at the conference all day. And after the conference, doing a kind of paper about what they had said, it was the two dullest. It was two weeks. The dullest life. weeks of your life. My God. They are speaking, speaking to say nothing. Just concept and discussing concept and discussing are we going to put a period here or not? My God, my God. Then after these two weeks with another woman from Quebec that was there, we started to, we tried to California. Then we tried the West Coast. You hitchhiked from Vancouver, Vancouver to California. California. Okay, and you hitchhiked the whole West Coast, and you yes. fell in love with it. I fell in love with California. In California, we went to Big Sur. Yeah, beautiful. I really fell in love with Big Sur. Then, after two weeks, uh, we went back to San Francisco, take a plane, to take our plane to uh, Vancouver, because our ticket was yeah. round ticket. When I was in France, I said, no, I don't want to go. I want to go back to Rivera. Then I went back to Cali to Wixor for another two weeks. And were you camping? No, I was. We were. Uh, she went back to Canada, but I we were renting a little log cabin log on a river in the forest, you know, close to a, a beach that was, what was it? We were, we were going naked on the beach. And there was a big, do you know Mixer? Not very well. Ah, there was a big rock open with the ocean coming, you know, through. Hmm. What is the name? It will come back. And, uh, It's not Santa Cruz, is it? No, it's, it's a Big Sur. It's hmm. Big Sur, between Big Sur and Esalen. That I went with, you know, Esalen? I've heard of it, yeah, Esalen, yeah. Then I, I was there sometimes in the, in the evening because we were, um, Taking, they, they have some bath from, from sulfur water coming from the, the yeah, earth. Hot, know? hot springs. Hot springs. And it was over, it was very high over the Pacific Ocean. And it was going, and they were gorgeous blonde guy telling, do you want a message? <laughs> and it was in the seventies and coming from Quebec, it was, wow, yes, give me a message, yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, uh, it was, Anyway, then after two weeks, I tried to go back to San Francisco. Then it was a guy in a motorcycle that take me. Then I was going on the coast of San Francisco. And you know, the road is over the ocean, you know, just on the cliff over the ocean. My God, on a motorcycle, it was just the, the more beautiful hand, you know, to go back and... Uh, 
I really love this place. I really, it's one of the places I fall in love with, you know. There are some places like this, and like a magical place that you, okay, really, you just feel and the smell of all the white plants and the flowers and the, the beauty of the place, the cliff over the ocean. And you have the cliff over the ocean, and you have hills green like Ireland, and you have gorgeous forest with tall, tall tree, a river. There was a river that I, I walk to a fall, and the fall was going in a kind of place when you can go with a lot of white flower. My God, so and amazing. this beach, and what a place. And there was a restaurant called Ventana over the cliff. Then we were going there at night to eat sometimes. We were over the fog, you know, with the sun on the fog, you know, going to, oh my God, what? Mm. It was just, it's just beautiful. It's really a beautiful place. So then you went back to I Quebec? Went back to, I went back to, to Vancouver and going back to Quebec. And, um, yes, I think it was the beginning of my 13, maybe 33, 34. I was still with my, I'm not, you know, enjoying all this thing, you know, before, before feeling so what, the, the kind of emptiness when you, anyway, I did not have a real spiritual life. I was writing my, because when I arrived at 30 years old, I discovered I was totally disconnected from my body, my feelings, my heart, everything. Then I began to do yoga to connect to my body. I was doing ballet jazz because I love dancing, but disconnected. I was dancing, you know, and then yoga. And um, I began to write my dreams to reconnect, you know. But it was the beginning, you know, beginning, the beginning. And uh, and I had a lot of dreams, very, very strong dreams, you know. And uh, that's why after some dreams, I yes, something else was missing, you know, the... My soul, you know, my connection to my soul, my spirit, I call it as you like it. Then, that I think was done. Then, after I came back in the world, uh, I had an affair with a guy. Is this after you're silent? You yes, came back in the world yes, and you had an affair? Yes. Then, after maybe six months, I decided to stop. Because me, anyway, I never been able to stay more six months with a guy, anyway. You can't stay more than six months. No, with a guy. it's my longer, my longer affair is six months. <laughs> and you know, first, I cannot live with someone. I need my space. And for me, I was, it was passion. You know, it was, you know, it was, she, she, she's not, you know, uh, you know, if cannot have an orgasm, just touch my hand, it's over, for, you know, just, <laughs> it's not over. Then, but I decided to do a celebration for the end. That's why... Celebration of the end of the relationship? Relationship. I did a beautiful celebration, you know, with flowers and uh, candles. And I, 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 I send in the hair uh, six white, you know, balloons in the sky, mm -hmm. you know. And... Uh, How did he feel about it? Did he want to stay? Or was he happy to celebrate the... He was happy to celebrate... And uh, it was sad it was finished, but it was huh? Then, one month after, I discovered I was pregnant. 
Oh, wow. Did, did, did he ever find out? Did you tell him? Yes, I told him. I was 40 and he was 60. You were 40 and he was 60? Yes. Then... Is he still alive today? No, he died in a car crash when my son was 12 years old. Oh, sorry to hear that. Then he had the first family that were adult, almost my age. And uh, But when he had this family, he was... He was working a lot. Then, anyway, I, anyway, me, I was going to keep this child. I told to the universe, okay, you send me a child. It will not go in daycare because in Canada we have free daycare for children. I will take care of your child, you take care of me. I did not want to be in couple with the guy. I did not want to be, how do you say, dependent of the guy. Then, but we wanted to give a family to the child. Then, I always, I always have another place to stay. He has beautiful whole house close to a river with a lot of land and everything. Then, and he fall in love. Anyway, I give birth to the child, where, to the place where I've been in meditation for one year. Okay. By yourself or with, with help? Uh, there was a midwife, but if I had known, I would have been alone because uh -huh. you don't need anybody. It's nobody knows what to do, you know. We have been doing this for millions of years, but you know, I had so much people around. I was almost 41, you know, I was 41. My God, Marité, at your age, you should go to the hospital. It's so dangerous. The statistic, I said, I'm not a statistic. My body has been, has been giving birth for millions of years. But I had a midwife, you know, and uh, I have put flowers and candles and everything, and you know, it was really orgastic, ecstatic, cosmic, everything, you know. It was I was like the big bang of the, the beginning, and it was, and you know, when you give birth like this, like a rite of passage, like a, without the life force, you know, it's so, it's a surrender. The surrender to life for because your body is possessed and you just surrender, surrender, and your ego just blow up forever <laughs> or just in that moment. Boy, he can he, he tries to come back, okay? You know, then, um, and you know, this child who was born is this kind of energy when he gets out of my body, he was here, he looks around. And he laughed. <laughs> like was saying, you don't know why I've been, <laughs> you know, what adventure I've been to. And all the time I was giving birth to the child, it was a dance of love with him, you know, all the time. He was making waves in my body and he was surrendering and opening to him, you know, like when you make love, you know. Then I think and when he was sleeping in the first day of his life, he was like a Buddha. He was like this. A face like a Buddha, smiling, all his hands open, you know. Like, because he was born in, in ecstatic energy, you know. Then he, when I see the poor children born in the hospital, they are like this after they, you know, after they Very are Very tense and uptight. Oh my God, poor babies, you know. And uh, and it was a child who was so 
trusting in going in life, like, you know, <laughs> going in new things, you know, uh, trusting new things and going, and, you know, because he has not been a thing, nothing, he has been, you know, with owning, giving, com, go, go, coming in his life, in his own energy, no, nobody going. You never restricted him, you always let him go out yes. and do. Uh, his father was like me, you know, we wanted... He was going to, you know, he was sleeping with me when he was a baby for many years. He was, uh, he has my breast when he wanted my breast for four years. Um, and I, I did not read any book. I did not want to read anything, any theory that changed every five years, you know. And um, I, when he was six months, everyone said, after six months, they said, your breast, your milk is not enough. Da, 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 da. Then I asked to myself, where? If I was, you know, we still have the same body that we had thousands of years ago. And if I was in the jungle, will I stop to give my milk, to give him something to eat? Because there is no store to have smashed things. I have no machine to run. Then I said, what I will do? I will let that he have teeth. And he has his first teeth at 14 months. Then he begins to eat at 14 months. But till 14 months, he had only my, my milk, you know. And, uh, So what did he eat at 14 months? He begins to eat vegetables. Okay. You know? Uh, that were very easy to eat, like zucchini, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, you know? And, uh. You've written a lot of, about this subject of your relationship with your son and the sort of the magic that it is to have a child be a woman. The relationship you have. You've written actually two books on the subject. Yes, because for me it was so blissful to be pregnant. I was feeling I was flowering, you know, my body was flowering. And I have a being here. It was like making love with someone 24 hours a day. You were one all the time, you know. And every morning I was with him, speaking with him, letting him listening to music, you know. And I knew the music he loved. Just by, it was kind of bubbles hmm. coming, you know. What and was it? Vivaldi. Vivaldi. Uh, all the secret music of Vivaldi. Okay. And Kitaro. Hmm. And uh, he loved secret and Mozart, you know. Then I was putting music for him every day, and <laughs> you know. And uh, and when he was a child, the first time he heard the same music, he was, oh. <laughs> you he remember, it, you know. Yeah. I remember, he was three years old. He was listening to Mozart, the Enchanted Flute, and trying to play with his flute, you know. Does he music. play an instrument now? Can he play anything? Yes, he was in the world of school. Then you went off school, but the first year everyone played flute. And, uh, I think in the fourth grade, you have to choose an instrument. I chose, you know, the flute that is in metal flute, traversière. Okay. I don't know what it is in English. It's a flute that is in metal, like a silver. Like a saxophone or? But it's a flute like a saxophone okay. that you, you press something and he's okay. playing this. And, uh, it was in an orchestra, then they have an orchestra that everyone, because they have an orchestra for that eight children, 
likes to play with himself and to play in harmony with the others. Everything you're learning in of school is always to, 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 you know, to make you flowering and a, a, a wall human, you know, with a heart, with a mind, with manual, doing manual things. And, you know, it's always to, it's not learning, it's just flowering. Growing you know. as a person. Yes. And, and there was a, a very significant moment at some point, I remember you telling me with, um, not just writing about these relationship, the relationship you had with your son, but the dreams that started happening to you. And this is kind of when, isn't it, when you started yes, having? Yes, because, you know, for me, pregnancy was, you know, just voluptuous, giving birth was orgastic. And what I called the love affair with a baby in a silly is like, you know, three years old, till on your breast, with your, your body nurturing your baby, and you know. And for me, it was a honeymoon. I was in love, so much in love, you know. And, uh, you know, each, you know, each time your, your body, your, your child is on your skin and taking your milk, is receiving, no, I know. The frequencies of your heart, you know, and there is a kind of, how do you say, an harmony with your heartbeat that uh, do, and you are really, and I was giving a massage to him every day, and when you mass your baby, it's like making love with your baby, because it, we are looking in his eyes, and he's is a kind of blissful state, enjoying, and after, when he begins to speak, say, okay, do it again. He knows what, you know, he knows what he likes, ask it again. It's really a kind, you know, and, uh, you know, it's the, this, the civilizations before five, five thousand years ago, that is our war civilization. In all the Pacific civilization, they were protecting the bonding between the mother and the child. Because when you put the bonding, it's what makes pacific civilization. Because there is a hormone that oxytocin and prolactin, who are the love hormones that you produce when you make love, when you, when you give birth, and when you breastfeed, you know. Mm -hmm. And the child are growing in this kind of frequency. But in the war civilization, you cut the bonding. You are against the bonding. And there are some studies that did this. Then, <clears throat> then when I begin to listen, then when my son was three years old, I did the chronicle on television around this. Okay, speaking about this on this kind of motherhood. And I wrote some papers. I did one hour on radio. I wrote some papers in two magazines. But I was speaking with women. I was so sad because they, they missed this. And for me, it's a kind of a sexual mutilation because mod, this kind of mother erotism is eros motherhood. It's part of our sexuality as women, you know. Then, when I arrived at my 50s, I was just, 
because I stopped writing in, for magazine till my son was going to school, you know. No, I began writing again when he was five years old, but when I was taking him with me, when I was going after you and everything. And, uh, but in my fifties, when my son was like, he was like ten years old, I was, I wanted to stop this, but what I'm going to do? <laughs> then I had the dream of my wolf mm -hmm. one night. And this was a very, like, a dream that changed everything for you, correct? Yeah, that, that, that was, it was another passage. Right. You know, because I think life is a lot of death and rebirth, you know. When I became a mother, I died to the woman I was before, to be born as a mother. Then I have to, then my son was 10 years old, you know. Then I have to be born to something new. It was the menopause also. That is a, a passage, you know. Menopause, yeah. And uh, it is a passage to die, to be born. Then that was a time to be to die to the seductress. The seductress. Seductress, <laughs> because I, I had the life of seductress, uh, and uh, but for me, I remember when I was in my forties, I did not want to get old. I was seeing old woman. I, thought, I, don't, I was screaming, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want. Then I had one dream the night of my 50s. It was winter. I was walking in the snow and arrived in a beautiful garden full of flowers. And there was a, a old, old woman who was picking up flowers and making a beautiful bouquet. And at each new flower, she was smiling and irradiating, you know. At the end, she took a big, dark red rose, very velvet, you know, petals. And she was doing this, and she was... Rubbing on her face. Wow, you know, just irradiating. And I woke up. I was never afraid to get hold again. It was... Old. Mm, so that was what old was, and after yes, having that yes. dream, you weren't afraid of being then, old. Then the night, some years later, when I, I took the life, what I'm going to do? What I'm going to do? I, 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 I had to do something, but what? What do I do? What? Why, what is in my path now? Then I was in the forest in the house with some people, and there was a lot of wolf howling outside. This is your dream. Dream. Everyone was afraid a spread of me. And I went outside <laughs> to see the wolf. And uh, a wolf pregnant came to me. And she asked me to help her and help her sisters. Then I woke up. I said, oh, wow. Yes. But maybe as I'm a writer, uh, I will have to write for a book for pregnant women, you know, to share. Huh? Then the weeks after, my son has a birthday party at some place. We went to the big, big store to buy a toy. But on the same floor, on the, on the floor, there was the toys and there were the books. And in Canada, we have a 
section for French books, a section for English books, because we are a bilingual country. Then I said to my son, do I see the toy? I want to see what, are, what has been written in French books on the pregnancy and both and everything. Then I went in the French section, and all the books were like this, except one that was looking at me. On the pregnancy place, it was looking at me. It was in English, in the French section. And the front page was a dark, a black front page with a golden woman and a golden wolf. It was woman who ran with the wolf. Woman who runs with the wolf. With the wolf. I'm gonna write that down for the audience. Was been written by Clarissa Estate. And, oh God, it's for me. That I bought the book, and I went home and thought it's a book. It's a book like 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 six hundred pages, you know. And for three weeks I was in my book, and oh, I don't know, like a reading. Oh my God, it's so. I'm back home. It's like coming back home. So you, you know? connected with the book? Oh, totally. It's a book. Every chapter begins by a story. This the woman is a poet and a and a psychanalyst, but she used stories. That she like myths, you know, like Campbell, you know, mm -hmm. that she explained after in the rest of the chapter. Then, like two weeks after, I was going to a celebration of a sun on a summer solstice in the north of Montreal, and uh, we do a celebration outside with a fire, ta 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 ta. And after we came in the house for to share a meal, you know. And walking between the kitchen and the dinner room, some object just fell on my head. I took the object, it was a wolf head in a kind of rubber or something like this, you know. It was so tight, 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 you know. Then I, I began to, on my computer, I was writing around my pronunciation and everything and something. And when I was writing, it begins, then it became two books. One is really uh, the very personal one that I call Forbidden Love. Forbidden Love is one of the names of your books? Forbidden Love. Okay. Les Amours Interdites in French. No, I need, no it's, it's written in French. I need a traducteur. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and this book... I wrote is this published yet? Have you published no, it? No, I'm, I'm on my last chapter. Okay. And... Uh, what do you think when you, when, you know when you said at the beginning of the book, I, I write this book for... Yeah, you dedicate the book to... That it just came not long ago. I would like it to my son, okay? But I found that it decays. It is... Uh, uh, written as a love song to the son who teach me to love. Because becoming a mother, I learn love. It is unconditional love. It's only love. As a mother, you just fall in unconditional love. You are totally in love with no waiting. You don't wait anything. You are just totally in love with this being, you know. And, uh, and the last chapter, it what it is 
the real prince of the woman is the child. Because with the child, I just threw out all the toxic, all the poison apple of this culture, of my family, of, you know, I also the gel of the ego, just, you know, I'm not in my little high, me high and myself, and you know, and um, it's more, more, and it's more, it's space, it's open, it's, you know, you're not. You know, yeah, you feel more open up. It just, you are, you are, you are, you are the cosmos, you are the universe, you are, you are the flower you see, you are, uh, I'm you, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, and um, and, uh, and and did I have a second book that what takes me long you know, because the second book it's more a book to first to explain I did my I did research and research and research to understand how since five thousand years women were in all their power as mother you know. Uh, in her, in their body has became some victim in some victimhood space as they are now, you know. I have to go to the hospital to give birth because I need the doctor, I need the technology because my body can't, you know. And, uh, I cannot take care of my son. I need books. I need, I don't know what to do. And, uh, my God. But, I made research and research and research. I read books of, uh, my God, archaeologist women, of uh, historian. Just the, the, the woman, since in the 80s, there were a lot of archaeologist women, historian women, who went to the history before the 5,000 to understand that we were living in societies where that were peaceful, where life was the value, where, you know, all the society was co constructed around mother and the bonding with the child, you know, and all around, you know, and uh, <clears throat> what happens, you know, then, then I have one chapter that is history, you know, mm. what's up in a time? Woman was magic. And you said this was what, 500 years ago or 5,000? 5,000. 5,000 years ago. ago. Okay. Was magic. And she was magic because, 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 but, and I relate all that happened till now, you know. And how to find back after, how to find back your power, your magical body. Your trust, because women have no trust. They don't trust what they feel because it's not scientific. They don't trust their instinct because it's not scientific. They need a book to know what, because their instinct is not good. My God, you know? And uh, the second book is more... What's the know? second book going to be called? Do you have a title yet? It will be the little book of the of the... Maternal erotism, you know. The little book of the... Maternal, maternal erotism, erotism. Like erotic? Erotic, yes. <laughs> no way. Yes. The little book of the maternal erotic. Erotic, yes. I love it. 
And it's all, no, I'm, I have to finish the second part with how to find, how to come, how to find back what you have lost, you know. It's hard to fig- find that, what you've lost, yeah. We have lost, we have lost so many parts of ourselves. Then now I'm, at, at Inanita, two years ago, young woman, because... Hey, let me just give the audience an idea of what you've kind of grown into where... You now teach workshops here in Nicaragua with... No, I'm just beginning at Inanita, a short one that I began. Inanita is a community in Omatepe, that's yeah. a spiritual community. We've in interviewed Guy in the past and the yes. audience knows a little bit about yes. Inanita. And when I was there two years ago, I became sacred uh, grandmother of the tribe. They announced you were sacred grandmother of the tribe. I, I was just, I felt it was so good, you know. And the young woman asked me to do a workshop. Then I took three days and prepared a workshop that I call Journey to Motherhood. Then I did it like, like twice. Then one woman that was from England told me, you know, you should develop this to three days, five days. And this woman who is organizing things like this, that now I'm developing the workshop. So what kind of stuff would you do for these like two or three days when you first started? There are three parts. No. First, it's a workshop to remember all the, the part we have lost to become whole. Our wilderness, because we have been domesticated. Our sacredness. And our oneness. Our oneness is also not only our part together, it's also not to be separated anymore. It's to be whole with the hurt, with the other, with the trees, with the cosmos, you know, with everything, to become whole again, you know. Then I do the workshop with a lot of shamanic practice, with rituals, with breath work, with a lot of dancing, uh, a lot of meditation, very meditation. I will use the our sacred earth meditation with beautiful meditation for the last part of oneness on one hour with our sacred earth that is Osho meditation. Oh, wow. I will use the chakra breathing meditation. That is breathing in our chakra for one hour. That's, you know. And we use also, there is chakra meditation because we have to find back, as women, we have to find back our womb. I have a ritual of the womb where women say each one and to each other, womb to womb, you know. Our womb is not a place to carry fear and pain. Our one is to carry, carry and birth life, you know. And uh, also we have a kind of uh, practice when each one honor, she honor her uterus, her ovaries, her vulva, her vagina, her breasts, you know, and our hormones, because all things we have learned to eat, you know, women eat their hormones, they don't want to have menstruation, they, our blood, to 
on our blood because our blood each month makes us one with the moon, you know, and also each month we die and, and are born again each month, you know, with this what is happening in our bomb in our months and of kind of, you know. Then I did it last year twice with Paul instead with Gaia because they don't they are mm-hmm. they share you know mm-hmm. and uh, I did not do with Gaia today this year because Gaia is in the, in the transgender thing and she wants that I invite also the guy to the workshop I don't want to have a guy to the workshop we can't. Mm-hmm. You know, because after each practice, with women are speaking, they don't speak this kind of thing. We don't speak the same thing on the guy up there. The first, the first year when I did this, I invite the guy. Two guys came to see me, and when I said, they asked what I do, I said, okay, we are not or Vilva, or okay, they don't, they don't come. Then this year I was tempted to do it and do the same, but. I felt it was a kind of compromise. I cannot invite guy or I don't want to have guy. Right. Then I didn't do it. I have been f- all the month, I do it, I don't do it, I don't do it. Ah! I was seeing all these young women like, because when I do it each year, you know, I did it twice or three times, like, it was so good for them. And after I, I keep on to, they, they send me mails and I give them a lot of book to read and you know I keep on with them you know and uh, a last year one was having 30 years old in Inanita and she asked me to do a ritual for 30 uh, anniversary and I did in the ritual I did the rite of passage that no woman has today of her first blood I did this for her and she came to see me the day after, and she told me, you know, I had my menstruation two weeks ago, but this morning I have a little bit of blood. You know, a ritual speaks to the subconscious. Then, she, that it was a first, you know. So you offered, the ritual is offering the blood, and then she started menstruating again a little bit. When just you, a little bit. Yeah. Just, okay. It's like your first, you know. <laughs> wow. Anyway. But this year I was very much, no, no, they, it will be so good for the women. But I was saying at the meeting, announcing and inviting the guy. I cannot invite the guy. No. Fair enough. Huh? That's fine. Yeah, fair enough. I why, was just why, feeling why like compromise? a kind of, comp- I, I, I cannot do that. Feeling like I don't want that they come. I want you, but I don't want you to come. And, <sighs> yeah. How did you get to Omatepe? Like, how did you make your way to Nicaragua? What brought you here originally? Oh, it was two years ago in Quebec. We had me. Since the last years, I have difficulty with the winter. You know, what I need sun and warm. Okay, in summer I'm dancing, exulting, ta ta ta. You know, very oh, ecstatic and blissful. And in winter, the last years, I was like dying every day, like just surviving, for surviving, you know. And um, 
Two years ago, we had very, and I need to live outside. In summer, I'm outside from morning to night. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I'm not in walls. I'm not feel good. I just feel, and in winter, and I need a minimum of three hours outside the day. When I wake up, I live in the forest. I take my ski or my snowshoes. I go, okay. Then, in the afternoon, I go on the lake between 12 and 2, you know, in the sun, skating, ski, you know, skating, ski, you ski, yeah, like ice skating. You ski, you ski with your, this short ski okay. that you skate, it's, it's the more, it's more uh, aerobic thing you can do, you know. Yeah. Anyway, but two years ago, usually in the winter, we had like three, do two times, three days, when it is like 35 below zero when you wake up in the morning and 25 below zero in the afternoon. But in the sun, when there is no wind, it's okay. Then usually when it was like this, I was waiting in the afternoon to go outside. But three years ago, it was for three months, 30 below zero every day. Then I was going outside like two hours, but you know, you are outside. You can, you can be. I have a, I have a, you know, a jacket very warm, but my God, your skin hurt. Mm -hmm. And you are breathing and it hurt. <laughs> and, and you just, you know, you don't flow, you just, you know. Then I said, I can't, I want, I want, I had to leave the winter. And, I received in spring a mail from a guy I don't know very much, but the year before, they installed to us smart meters. You know what I have smart? no idea. A smart meter? Smart meters? Mm -mm. What's that? It's the meters that uh, count the electricity that you pay. Okay. Okay? Oh, yeah. They have smart meters yeah. in Nicaragua. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like it's your smart meters meter, yeah. that function by... Frequencies. Okay. Wi-Fi. Okay. Okay. Then I was in the resistance against this. I don't want to have this in my house. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't have a Wi-Fi. I have a filler internet. Okay. Okay. Uh, I don't have a iPhone. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't, you know, then with this, it entered in your house. I was a resistant. That I built something around my Meter that is electromagnetic. The whole so it blocks one. all those kind of radio yes, waves or whatever. I built, I built something with the locker. Okay. And we were people meeting together every two weeks uh, when we do this because we receive a lot of treat for treat. Mm -hmm. We were treated by the company. Mm -hmm. Then we had uh, our mail address too. Okay, we, we are meeting. Then this guy was the part of this guy. Okay. Then I received a mail in spring from this guy. Who was in Inanita the winter before? Weird. Then he told me I was at a wonderful place. I was building ecological things. Da, 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 da. Then I went on the side, the site, the mm -hmm. website of Inanita. Then the first picture I saw. You have not been to Inanita. I have not, but I've seen photos as well. Bon. It, it is on the top where there is the pool in front of the volcano, Conception Volcano. Mm -hmm. There was a woman in meditation with her back. She has only a black bikini. At me, 
I always naked on beaches, except here. Mm -hmm. But when I, I'm going in the water naked, mm -hmm. uh, I, I, but after I, I put this. Yeah. And uh, at my lake, at my place, I keep this, but I never wear a top for mm -hmm. me. I hate tops. And uh, then uh, I saw I saw me, you know, I saw the, the market. I want to be there. Then I went to Nita the winter after, like wow. two years ago. So the guy who was trying, when it was was part of the the threat, as you call it, the the people who were trying to get you to sign up for this. No, he was in the resistance. Oh, he, he was, was in the resistance. He oh, was okay. in. We are with hearts. We were, we were, I see. We have been like I think six hundred percent who said no. Okay. And uh, now we have a collective recourse mm -hmm. in court against the company, against the phone company, the, all the, what, the Wi-Fi, yeah. all these things, we have a, anyway. And, uh, no, it's a guy who is a very, uh, spiritual guy. Oh, he has a house that is a temple. Mm. My God. His house is around, and his insulation is straw. Mm. Then inside, there is no corner, you know, because the, is the straw, then they are just put like, like white things like this, that is it's just beautiful house, it's awesome. And uh, that's how I came to Inaita. And for me, I found my, for the first time in my life, I was 72 years old, I was feeling part of a community. It never happens before. Yeah, you were saying that, just being kind of a, a loner of sorts and preferring to be alone is the first... But, and in Anita, I was volunteer. I was working in the garden every morning because I like to walk with life force and mm -hmm. uh, the earth. And uh, I was choosing, going with choice every morning, everything what we do in the garden. And I look around and I saw there was a young girl picking up seeds, you know, from, from the flowers and vegetables. I saw a guy who was working on the, there is a solar deshydrator. He was working on this. I just felt, my God, it's so good. We are together co-creating something beautiful. And it was so good, you know. And as volunteer, we had a meeting every morning with the meditation, close eyes. And I opened my eyes and I had the same feeling. We're together co-creating something beautiful. Then, wow, it was very, for the first time in my life. That's so cool. <laughs> I mean, it's cool to hear, you know, because you've lived a, a, a very full life, you know, in the way that you didn't speak for a year and a half. And, but and a very lone wolf life. <laughs> yeah, wolf life. I like that. Yes. And you still have, you know, a lot of life left in you. And I know you want to continue to work with Ananita in the future. Is that correct? But the problem is that their schedule. Yeah. Me, my schedule is more close to Gaia. I see. Than Paul. Paul arrived this week. Yeah. Mid, mid, the end of February, usually I go back home because in March I go to see my son in France. Then I will be more with Gaia. But now I'm working my workshop 
more on three, four days, and they want to go, you know. There was a woman in New York who would like that the woman workshop, someone in Switzerland, and we begin to travel by workshop. And how do you say? Transmit and send seeds to women, you know, young women, for they can, they can do their journey to themselves, you know, because probably it's the same for guys, because before women, to come back to what you are, you need to do a journey, because in this kind of culture we are born and we live in, we lost too many parts, you know. Mm-hmm. Then we have to do the journey, and uh, it's like Joseph Campbell's hero hero quest. Yes, and uh, you know you, when you told me this, I, I remember I told when he was my son was five, when he was very I was told him you are the hero of your adventure of your life, you know, and uh, when he was growing, it was you are the hero of the adventure of your life, guys, you know, and the hero has to fight dragon to find treasure, you know. And as he was in the Waldorf school, he has been raised with a lot of tales, you know, with dragons and all the things that it's part of him, you know. And uh, <clears throat> do you have a place that people can uh, learn more about your workshops? No, no, no. I'm just working on it. What's the, what's the workshop called again? I was. I, it's the Wolf and the Goddess. The Wolf and the Goddess workshop. That's what I want to call Marathi. it. The, the Goddess. Yes. <laughs> I think I will call it my grandmother Mariti. Okay. That will be better. But you know, now I have another project. I want to move from Quebec to I don't know where. Two years ago, I asked Gaia to move to Inanita because I have found my tribe. And this year she told me I bought a land, but that's, that year, that was not the moment, she bought a land, I could build a house there. But last year when I came here, I stayed till the beginning of March and the heat began to be very, very, very hot. Mm -hmm. And I was feeling dried out. (laughs) I was not feeling, you know, to dance and to write and I'm not sure it's my the tropical weather is my place. It sounds like you need a balance. You know, it sounds like you do need the sun, but at the same time you need the woods and the seclusion. No, not the woods. No, my dream would be the ocean. Okay. But I need the sun and the warm, but not so warm, you know. For me, after 33, it begins to be too warm. 30. I thought I need water. Okay, me, I have thirty sometime in Quebec in summer, but I have my water with the lake. But then I'm, now I'm looking, I'm going to Portugal with my son, I will look. My only Portugal is part of NATO. NATO, yeah. Yes. I will see, you know, Nicaragua will be good for this because Nicaragua, if I have to pay income tax, it will not go to buy, how do you say? Weapons or bombs. To to, to kill people, uh, you know, the country that does not want to submit, you know. 
And uh, now I'm going to check in Portugal if uh, maybe as a stranger there is some country like England, but I don't want to go to England because uh, it's not enough sunny for me. It's too expensive also. And uh, in England, when you are a stranger, but resident, you pay in contact only the money you earn in England, but not the money you earn in another country. Then I'm looking also around this, you know, because now for the moment I don't pay tax. I don't have enough money. But if my books and my workshop, I will have to pay tax. I don't want to give money for the weapons, and bombs, and I don't war. Want. Got I it. Don't want. Makes sense. You understand? Yeah, of course. Yes. And uh, well, Canada is also part of NATO. It's, they, they send uh, weapons to uh, Saudi Arabia to kill women mm. and people. But I don't. For the moment, I don't pay. Uh, I don't. I don't earn. Uh, I live with very few money, you know. Yeah. And um, then, you know, I want to feel. I will see in Portugal how I feel. But for me, it will be a waiter more. And also, you know, for many years, I have the dream when I will be old to come back to France. I was in my gardens. Me, I'm a flower. I can see. I have more flower than... I can say stained flower. I'm very etheric, and the flowers, etheric energy, just makes me, uh, <laughs> you know, flying. And uh, I was thinking with flowers, very European flowers, you know, <laughs> and uh, uh, fruit trees, you know, but cherries trees, you know. Then I'm not so close, but I love those. I love those. Anyway, I will see. I just. I just go with the. I ask. I ask to the universe. I will. I will know when I will be. It will be the place. You know. You kind of always lived your life like that. It sounds like you. You follow your heart. And yes, I will know. just. You feel. Yeah. But because you know, I I will never live another winter. I will I will die mm-hmm. instead of doing this. But it's very complicated to leave a house in winter. There, it's very complicated. Uh, you know, last year, as I arrived, usually I have to take out the roof over my, the, the snow over my roof. I, go, I do it myself. Uh, on five days, I have a little shower just for my little arms, you know, <laughs> not the big, mm-hmm. big one. And uh, I do it between uh, 12 and 2 in the sun, uh, one hour and a half a day, and after I just lie in the, you know, it's okay. Then usually it's done at the beginning of March. But last year, I arrived at the end of February. But there have been a lot of snow in December, a lot of rain in January, then cold, and it's made a, a, a lot of uh, ice. It's very heavy. Then after a lot of snow, and when they were announcing rain at the mid-February, that I had to call a neighbor to take out the snow, you know, mm. because I uh, bought the neighbor. I have a terrace and I have two roofs on the terrace. Then he sent too much snow on the terrace. Me, I do one side one day. I take out the snow another day. Then my terrace just collapsed. Then, you know, it's, it's all this kind of thing, you know. Yeah. I, I just, I will arrive Thursday night. I will have no water for 24 hours, you know. 
And ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta. And look, I have one guy this year. Before leaving, there are two people that send me their son, their dog, they were uh, old dog, that I keep their dogs. Then when I told the guy was coming back the mid-February because for my roof, he said, okay, when he will be gone, I will go. Then the guy was doing, I was having a mail every two weeks. He was driving half an hour. He was taking out the, the snow from my roof. The, really the, the gift, you know, yeah. the real gift. Then I will have nothing to do when he will come back. But you know, it's all this kind of, you know. Yeah, it's a lot of work. You know, and uh, I have to put my car, my car is it, for four months in a place, you know. Yeah. Because of this, and you know, it's just yeah, bullshit. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I don't feel, I live in this place for 15 years. And uh, for me, it's done. Okay. Since five years, it's done. I went there 15 years ago because I was in P. I was very because you know life has been a, you know it's another thing in my life. When I was young, I decided I was in the poetry and the music and everything. I decided when I weekend work for newspaper and everything. I decided to. I was living in a. How do you say? In a world of shit. Okay. But I will write and I will do television things on people who was making flowers in this shit. Okay? As I was freelance in this kind of, okay, I did not want to see the other, the darkness. Then I built myself a life very beautiful with no darkness at all, just beautiful people that I love and uh, beautiful producer that I love. And so, you know what? Uh, then in my, it was in 2000s, no. It begins when my son's father died in a car crash. Then life began to put me in darkness and earth. Because when he died, I had a big, big war from the first family. Then, the year after my father died, I did a big, big war from my family. And it never, it was like <laughs> drowning and was beginning to come up, drowning again. And my God, I was like, I wanted us to die all the time. And when I moved to this place, I was really in peace. I passed, I've been just one year, just doing nothing, just being with the trees in my arms, with the lake, with the sky, and just healing and healing and healing. It was a place for me for healing, you know. Then, when I was healed, I went for a, Omega Institute in New York State. You know about it? It's in place, like in Anita, but more bigger. Bigger, bigger, bigger. When they have a lot of workshop, like 100 of workshop, six months a year, and in summer. And I went for a workshop, a kind of passage of midlife. Woman's midlife workshop. With a shaman woman. Okay. 
Then in this workshop, we were like 11 women. There was one dark woman, but when say inside darkness. Nobody wanted to sit beside her because we were just feeling. She had heavy energy. So dark energy, my God. We were all like this. Then the last day, there was a kind of crowning. Then we had to build a kind of crown. And me, I'm zero with my hand. That I built all the piece, but I needed someone to help me, you know. I have kind of symbols thing, but um. then when they ask, the dark women told me I will help you. Then on Thursday night she came to my tent. I was camping close to the lake. Then I had a mirror that has been made for me by a guy when I was in my very dark years. Very suffering. I was in suffering, in suffering, in suffering all the time, you know. Just in suffering. Then I saved the life of a guy who was in suffering also at the river where I was living close in Montreal. It was strange because it was the, me, I liked it. I was like beautiful people. And it was the most ugly high I never saw, you know. But I received his suffering. I just became like a sister in suffering with him, you know. It was a bomb, really a bomb. And a, Anyway, I was speaking with him a lot, and one day I look at this guy. I fall in love with the being of the guy, and I said, Jack, I love you. I mean, really, you know. And this, for the first time in his life, this, he has been raped when he was 12 years old, you know, very, you know, very dark and uh, he was very, uh, so in hate with everyone and, you know, and this guy from this kind of love I gave to him, you know, he just, <laughs> something happens. Became beautiful. For the first time in his life, someone told him, I love what you are, you know, mm -hmm. be behind all the, you know. And he came, he came to me some months, and he, he told me, Merite, I'm going back to school. And I, I, I was doing my rolling blades, rolling blades sometimes in the afternoon on the, on the, you know, and he was going and then bicycle going to school. Hello, Merite, you know. And he made me a mirror with a Scorpio, you know. Mm -hmm. Anyway, then I had this mirror. Actually, I am also a Scorpio. Oh, yes, okay. Anyway, she helped me to do my, 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 my crown. Then I gave her a hug. Then the morning after, we also asked everyone to bring something that represents what we are, you know. And she opened something. It was a, a, a black material where she had, you know, when you Take a needle and you and make. She had stitched something into it, yeah. Yeah, she has made snakes of colors. Wow. All things. I received this and I fall in love with the dark woman. 
I look at her, I say, I love you. It was like my heart, I was in love with the dark, okay? Mm -hmm. Then in the evening, before going to sleep, I went to the toilet. It was 10 years old, uh, 10, year, 10 uh, hours, 10, what is it? 10, what? 10 o'clock at night? 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock. I went and opened the door. I arrived face to face with a black baby in the arms of his mother, smiling at me with all his white teeth. Can you believe it? I fell in love with the dark, and the dark, a black baby was... Wow! <laughs> hmm. This isn't a dream, this is real. It was real! Okay. What you know? Dream of, you know, you know, you know what is it? It is like what Sue said last night. I dream I was a butterfly. Mm -hmm. Was I dreaming of the fly or the butterfly dreaming it was me? Mm -hmm. you know? Beautiful. <laughs> you know, we've uh, had a really nice conversation and we're coming in. You want more? No, I was just going to ask if, if, you know, you, with the life that you've led, you're 74 years old. If you could give one little bit of advice to the audience about life or something you learned, one thing that you learned throughout your life, what would it be? Follow your bliss. And I will repeat what Joseph Campbell said. When you follow your bliss, the universe opens doors where there were only walls before. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Misfits and Rejects. I hope this inspires you to think about your life situation, where you're at, and possibly make a big decision to choose something different for yourself if you're unhappy with where you're at in life. I hope these people that I interview inspire you to go out, spread your wings, and try something new, to live a different lifestyle that maybe your whole life people were telling you was the wrong one, but when in fact it, it's the perfect one for you. And I'll see you next time.